millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Amy. I'm Louise. Join us for your next episode. And today, uh, personally, I'm completely overexcited to be in the home of Arabella Weir. My mother, on her deathbed, literally goes, Have you any idea how fattening mayonnaise is? (laughs) And I went, Mum, you're dying. And she went, Yes, but you're eating mayonnaise. And I went, well, we both know which you think is worse. We're at the news building, home of the Times and the Sunday Times, to interview Lorraine Candy. She just looked at me, my eldest, and said, what would you know about fashion? Oh, my God. Literally, literally my job. For the last 30 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Join us for your next episode. By your favourite podcast app. Thank you along. for contributing to the conversation as well, because oh, yeah. your podcast is, is great, and it's I listen to it on Thank the way you. to work. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everyone. Well, isn't this mad? Mad times. We're all in lockdown. All of our jobs on hold. Uh, Strange, strange times. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you've washed your hands. I hope you've stocked up on toilet roll. Um, I've seen good things and bad things out there, so don't be panicking, everybody. I know I've seen some shit where aisles in supermarkets are getting ransacked and 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 staff members of supermarkets are in tears but uh but i've also seen some wonderful things people helping each other out people reaching out i had a note pushed through the door saying oh, if i need any help if i need anything so give us a shout on the phone number i was a bit uh, i was a bit offended by that because i'm only 48 but you know there you go but um yeah bless him god bless everybody uh, i know if we all stick together we'll get through this it's all going to be fine. It just seems a little bit mad now. This week, I was joined by comedian uh, and podcaster uh, Francis Foster. Francis Foster has his own podcast uh, called uh, Trigonometry, where he gets uh, uh, people from all walks of life and all different uh, political leanings and, and, and ideals from different sides. Uh, he gets them on and they have a chat. Um, uh, him and Constantine kissing. Uh, and uh, it's a very great, it's a great podcast, a very, very good podcast indeed. I urge you all to give that a, a whirl. He's a, he's a good lad, uh, an ex-teacher. We talk about that in the podcast. And it's nice to hear somebody that sounds like me 
but who's like talking in a way, you know, in a because the thing is, what happens is people that sound like us, people assume we don't, we haven't read a book or we haven't, you know, we, we, we don't know certain things. But actually, when you listen to what we're saying, you do realize we do have an understanding of what's going on. Just because we're, for want of a better phrase, working class, we do, we do get it, we do get what's going on. So, uh, without further ado, please welcome Francis Foster. So, I did my last day teaching yesterday. Oh, well done. Yeah, and I, I felt genuinely sad at the fact that I'm no longer a teacher. But it's got to the point now where I feel like I've got, I have more of a laugh in the staff room than I do in a green room. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like comedians yeah. are just like, let's just sit here and talk about white privilege. You're just like, mate, you know, you went to private school, your name's whatever it is, you know, you're white. I don't give a shit what you think about white privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't. <laughs> I'd much rather talk about anything else. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, this needs to be always politically engaged. Yeah. Constantly. It's exhausting. It's all exhausting. It's boring. And it's also as well, it's only when like, I've started doing my podcast, I realise, oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't same. know anything. Yeah, same. Yeah. None of us know anything. I got I when when we had the when the general election was 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 on and I was get I got I got into it. I got really into it. I was yeah. fucking yeah. I was like, you don't you fucking dare vote for Boris, don't do yeah. this, don't do that. And uh, yeah, I just I just lost it. Yeah. And I was mouthing off to people. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck have I become? This isn't who I am. This isn't and someone someone called me on it and like, oh yeah, you're gonna be gonna be mouthing off about your opinions again. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I don't know why I did in the first place, to be honest. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. We, no. All we do is we become that version of that fat bloke in the corner of the pub just shouting at the you know, Man United <laughs> versus Chelsea. Yeah. It's, you just want to go up to and go, Gary, they can't hear you, mate. <laughs> you know, they can't hear you. You know, it's not it's not going to help, you know, David De Gea become any better. <laughs> Imagine if he stopped. I went, <laughs> what was that, Gal? What was it? <laughs> oh, what, I meant to catch the ball on the cross. Sorry, mate. I was punching yeah. it. Thanks, Gary. Cheers, Gary. Thanks, Gary from Tottenham. <laughs> oh, mate, everyone's... Everybody is just angry and looking to be angry and looking... Yeah, just looking for any excuse to just just fucking give an opinion. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, mate, just let it go for a minute. You know, I watched Dave Chappelle last night and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And people accuse him of punching down transphobia and this and that. And you go, no, you listen to what he's saying. He actually loves, he loves all people from yeah. all backgrounds. He's very inclusive. He's just, he's just having a it's just jokes it's just having a laugh and you should be able to be able to do that he's not victimising anybody he's yeah. just having a laugh and this is it we've lost the ability to just take the piss yeah, and, and have it fun <laughs> it's having fun like when Schofield like uh, so said he, Philip Schofield said he was gay right okay and then people were taking the piss out of him right and everyone was like this is another disgusting example of homophobia no, it's what happens when people get together, yeah. whoever it is, they sit about and they tell each other jokes. That's right, yeah. You, know, they got, you never heard this one I heard. Go, let's hear it. You get a little look over the shoulder, <laughs> make sure you don't get cancelled, tell the joke. We all laugh our heads off. It's a moment of brightness in a day. Yeah. Because for most of us, let's be honest, life is a fucking desperate hard struggle. Yeah. We've got things going on in our lives. You know, whether your relationship, your family, we all got sorrows and sadness. You come together, you have a laugh, and it brightens the day. Yeah. And we all feel better. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it's, what a joke is, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it used to be. I remember when I used to work, and if the people around you, you know, were, were taking the piss out of you, it's because they they liked you. If they didn't like you, they wouldn't talk to you at all. Yeah. Or they'd be polite to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most English thing in yeah. the world. It's sort of a work I think Davy's a work I think it's a working class thing, isn't it? That yeah. that kind of like yeah. take the piss. But I mean I get it. If you're, you know you know, if it's if it's coming from a place of hatred and you're and you are being transphobic, you are being homo- homophobic, then of course, then that absolutely should be stopped. Mm. But just some of the things I hear, I'm like, that's just taking the piss. It's not, yeah. that's not, that's just having a laugh. Yeah, and yeah. you see it sometimes, it's really interesting a comedy night, right? Well, you see like a compare, where MC get on stage and, you know, it could be somewhere like in, you know, the backyard and, and it gets nervous and then they just talk to white people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just go, because they don't want to cause offence. No. And, and that comes from a good place, but you're like, mate, the best way to be inclusive is to take the piss out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, be- because that is the best way to be inclusive. Yeah, man. Because I... otherwise, it's patronising. Yeah, exactly. I had a guy. It was the other night. I was at a, I was I was supporting Clinton Baptiste, and there was a guy uh, in a wheelchair. He was a wheelchair user mm. in towards the front, and I I clocked him, and I'm talking to everyone else, and I went across, I spoke to him, and I'm like, and he had a, he had trouble speaking yeah. so I couldn't understand I didn't know what his name was and I, could, and I thought his name was Wynn and yeah. Wayne and I could feel everyone like tightening up in the room I'm going yeah. no no I said it's not I said it's, it's not it's my fault I, I can't yeah. I can't I can't I can't hear him properly and he's like and he, and he says his name's Wayne I went alright Wayne I went sorry about that I said it's not it's just me I was, yeah. I'm really sorry and we had a bit of a laugh and then I went I went can I have a lift home <laughs> and the room went whoa I went what are you fucking doing yeah. I'm just it's just a joke and Wayne was laughing his head off yeah and, he, and, I, and I went, I'll just sit on the front. He went, no, nah, no, nah, on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah, so I'd be like, E.T. if I sat on the front. And, it was, and we had a really fun time. But the audience were a bit like, well, you can't, what? what? So just ignore him then, because he's, yeah. he's a wheelchair user. Are you, what the fuck? Absolutely, and that's why yeah. I think we're going now, where we just think, like, oh, we can't talk about this. We shouldn't talk about this, mm. because we're, we're scared and we're terrified to say the wrong thing. And that way, what we just do is we push everything to the side. Yeah. And you think it can't work like that. I remember once I was emceeing a, a club, and there was a bloke in the front row with his wife. And I started talking to him, and he gave me this card. And the card said, I can't speak because I've got a stroke, right? Because right. I've had a stroke. Yeah. Okay, and then, so what do you do? Do you get awkward around it? I just looked at him, read it out to the audience and went, do you mind if I take this to use it when my girlfriend kicks off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and have then a laugh, yeah. you're going to have a laugh and some of them were a bit scared, but what else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly, they're still human beings. And yeah. They're still, yeah, it's funny when people go, you've got to be inclusive. You go, yeah, I am. I am completely. Yeah. What I've, this, because you, are you part of Comedy Unleashed? No, here's the thing. No, I'm not. I've uh, I've done it twice, and uh, I had a very infamous article written. I don't know if you read the article by Vice. So this happened uh, last year. So I did Comedy Unleashed. I did a set there, and Rhea Lena, who is a regular compare there. Yeah. uh, For for the viewers, uh, listeners, I should say, Rhea is a... This is important, actually. She's a mixed-race lady, uh, and she is um, a regular MC there. Now, I was then asked to go and MC it, because Rhea dropped out. And <laughs> it was me, it was uh, a guy who had minor disability, uh, Richard Stott, another comic, and the headliner was Andrew Lawrence. Okay. So, right. Vice came down. 
and and they wrote this article about how it was a a hub of the alt right and it was far wow. right and all the rest of it yeah. and the, yeah and then I was there and they quoted me and things that I said and whatever else and um and then that a number of comics when the article was released retweeted it as an example and saying this is a problem with the far right in this country. Fucking hell. Ignoring the fact my mum's a woman of colour, she's a Latin American woman. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, your your heritage is... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shappy Cool Sandy came out and went, I headlined the gig, had a lovely time, got paid well, got treated better than I do at some gigs, yeah. or a lot of gigs. They were lovely to me, got cash in hand on the night, happy days, would happily do it again. Mm. Had a whole range of black Asian comics who've done the gig. Yeah. It's far more diverse than a lot yeah, of Yeah, Dane Baptiste has done it. Yeah. Yeah, many people have done it. Yeah, yeah. Rhea Lena is mixed race, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, Nathan Caton's headlining the next one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And all it is, it's basically saying that at times in comedy, we self-censor mm. because we don't want to alienate the audience. But this is going to be the one place we come along where you can do your hardest joke or maybe you're, you know, you do a joke which is, you know, you wouldn't do sometimes because it might divide the room. This is a space to do it in. And uh, anyway, so this got retweeted a lot by a lot of people. And, and it made me really angry at the time because, number one, I've got really nothing to do with Comedy Unleashed. I've done it twice. Right. Oh, OK. I thought you were, like... No. Like, central to it. <laughs> I see. No, the all right doesn't work like that, Rich. You know, we've got several branches, mate. We don't have just one branch, mate. I just thought you were the Führer. Yeah, mate. Well, ironically, all I can grow is a tash. I might, I might well be. Mate, if if I'm the Führer, then the movement's fucked. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's going nowhere, mate, because my organisational skills, I'm very much a comedian... So anyway, and this, uh, you know, it got passed around and all the rest of it. And all my life, for my working life, I've been a teacher and I've taught in places like Elephant and Castle and Newham, really, really poor, deprived areas with the vast majority of kids are from first or second generation immigrant backgrounds or, and they, they are uh, you know, ethnic minority. So for someone to come out and basically write an article, which is at best spurious, mm saying these things that, you know, it's an alt-right night. And the thing that they didn't take into account, these people who were sharing and retweeting this article, was that I was still a teacher at that time. Oh, shit. And I could have lost my job. Yeah, yeah. It, it just so happened that my former head was actually very supportive, and a lot of people were. Right. Well, and they, if, yeah, they knew it was bollocks. Yeah, it yeah. was bollocks. And if you're going to be a Nazi then would you really work in a school where the vast majority of kids are from an ethnic minority <laughs> and first-generation yeah. immigrant? Under the, under the radar. Yeah, under the radar. <laughs> I'm going to fuck them up one at a time with their literacy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I went, and I went along. I, I, went, I wanted to see what... Because someone else said to me, um, another older comic, I was at a barbecue, and yeah. he said, you know, I, he goes, I'm not seeing you for a while. He goes, how are you finding it working in these... Uh, these PC comedy clubs now, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, these these clubs now, you can't say this, you can't say that. I'm like, I don't find that to be the case at all. Hmm. And then I saw comedy. I happened to have. A, I was around, and comedy unleashed was on. And yeah. I'm like, I'll go and have a look. So I wandered in, um, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, well, and I, I spoke to a couple of the acts as well. And I went, and they went, yeah, no, this is what I, this is my normal set. Yeah. And I went, so what's the diff? Where is yeah. it that we can't? What are you? What is it you trying to say that you feel you can't? Mm. That was my question. It was like, this just feels like a normal night. It didn't feel far right at all. It yeah. just was like, this is a normal comedy night. 
Well, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the, the one thing that I would say, and I can only speak from my experience, some people do their normal stuff, is that I'm really into politics and then I can do more political jokes right. because it's a very politically engaged audience that you can't do it some nights because some people aren't into it and they lose, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, com uh, yeah, comedian, political comedians really. Like Al Barry, yeah. I've seen him a couple of times when he starts doing his political stuff and you can see the crowd go, fucking this again, mm. you know? Yeah. So there is that and it's also as well, and it's bottom by means, not all gigs, but you know, some gigs you just like, oh, the crowd a little bit more like this, that means, uh, I won't do this bit. Right. Or I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's my thought process. Okay. But I do a lot of emceeing. Mm. So there's times where I feel like a crowd are more sensitive. I'm like, right, I'm not going to do this bit about this or whatever else. Whereas with Comedy Unleashed, like, I've got this bit that I've never done because, you know, and, and partly maybe it's me that I should be have more integrity in what I do. Well, it's where I talk about, you know, having, having, a, having a racist voice um, and then also, but the fact that all my previous partners have been black or ethnic minority, so my voice is racist, but my dick is woke. Right, right okay. You know, yeah. Brexit on the street, but remain in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good joke. Yeah. yeah, but I've never felt, and maybe that's my fault, I don't know, i never felt comfortable doing it. Well, I think it depends if you're... You have to be really certain about where it's coming from. Yeah. Because it's not, there's no hatred in that. Yeah. And you're right. I've even said that. I've said that. I've got the voice of a racist, sexist pig. Yeah. I look like that guy yeah. in the pub that is, he's like, yeah, send them home, send them yeah. home. But I'm not like that at all. That's yeah. not who I am. Um, but, and so it doesn't bother me saying that, that, because I'm not that. Mm. And that, what you've just told me, because you're not that. Yeah. So that's, that joke stands up. Yeah. Yeah. So, because do you to someone else was saying like as I see some comics and they're like oh because of my views because of this and that I'm not getting booked for this and that and yeah. and then I look and I go maybe it's just that that promoter doesn't think you're good enough for that club yeah is it an, is that an element of that you know? oh yeah I think there is I but people I, are finding I, an excuse rather than going that promoter doesn't like me they've just gone no no it's because I'm being oppressed <laughs> and I'm being this and I'm being that and I'm like no nah, there's promoters that I know. There's one in particular that won't book me because he says I'm too shouty and sweary, which is what I'm not. <laughs> but he just doesn't, I think he just he just doesn't like how I sound and he's on, no, you're not for my club. So you see, I think that's a, that's a form of classism. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Absolutely it is, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. But, but I go, I don't go, oh, I'm being oppressed, I'm being, I go, it's just not for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Like, and uh, I, as, as a person who is genuinely shouty and sweary. Uh, I've I, seen you. Yeah, but I think, I, I find it very, very, very difficult when people say, use the word oppression, I'll tell you why, because my mum's from Venezuela mm. and I, I've got relatives, like my cousin had to leave Venezuela because he's a journalist. And if wow. you're a journalist in Venezuela and you criticise the government, you're going to might yeah, disappear. Gonna happen, right? Yeah, you're going to get a knock in for uh, one o'clock in the morning on your, on your flat and uh, they've got a, a secret police called the Sabine. What? Uh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, they turn up in ski masks, right? What the fuck? Yeah, they turn up in ski masks and you get put in this uh, this prison called La Dumba, which is, uh, is it's the tomb. And you might come back, you might not. So when people talk about oppression, yeah. I, f I really struggle with that because mm. I've, I've seen what genuine oppression yes. looks and sounds like. Do I think that, you know, you, you you make it more difficult for yourself to get booked if you're right of centre or you're right leaning? Maybe. Mm. But 
I don't know. No. Jeff Norcott's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like the voice, the poster boy. Yeah, he is. He's, he's right-leaning a, comedy. Yeah, yeah, he's a problematic poster boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's really set himself up. He's really done well there. Good old he, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he is. But you know what as well? And this is what people... Jeff is a bloody excellent comic. Yes, he is, yeah. How many... Yeah. Right, because I'm on Twitter a lot, and whenever, like, you know, a clip of him comes up, a lot of people are like, oh, God. I'll always watch Jeff because yeah. he's funny. Yeah. I've, I've known Jeff years. Yeah. Always brilliant. Always turnover material. Yeah. And it's this, it's, you know, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, yeah. but he's a funny comic regardless yeah. of his of his views because there's people that are right-leaning. In fact, you could say they are the majority in this country, <laughs> Richard. Exactly, mate. <laughs> Fucking racist. Anyway, look at <laughs> So, yeah, I mean... Paul's right, Paul, producer Paul's right leaning. Is he? <laughs> he just presumed this. Yeah, no. He, presumed he goes yachting. He goes yachting. <laughs> oh, he's a member of the old right, mate. He's a I member. Always, uh, this is this is our class here again because <laughs> producer Paul's middle class. I go, hey, he's a Nazi. He goes yachting. <laughs> no, I just like to clarify for the record uh, that producer Paul is uh, is not that. And uh, as far as uh, we I, know, I apologise. <laughs> although he's. Ironing his bed sheets as we, as we speak. <laughs> We've got, um, he's got the banner ready to be unfurled behind him. <laughs> Can you smell petrol? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So people like yeah, it's, you know that that you know because because the because the, the industry is left leaning. Yeah, yeah. It's and it can be a bit kind of closed off to anyone else that sort of. That's why I think I think mm. if we're going to have this discussion, I think it's got to be nuanced. I got I don't like the term people say oppressed or whatever else. No. Or whatever. I don't like that. Are you more likely to get ahead if you think the right way? I would say probably yes. Mm. Are you more likely to get better reviews in Edinburgh if you think the right way? Maybe yes. I'm not sure. No. But is it, is there an oppression going on? Is it a witch hunt? A, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. If you're yeah. good at this, yeah. And people enjoy what you do. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get booked. That's it. That's the that's the bottom line. And also as well, I do think in many ways it's the best of times, worst of times to be a comedian. So you know the live circuit is not what it was. No. It certainly is not what it was in two early noughties, late nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's an undeniable fact. But we've got the internet now. So let's say you are a right leaning comedian, and you write undeniably good bits. There is a market for it out yeah, there, and if yeah. you put that on Twitter and Instagram, you're gonna do well. That's right. You know, you're gonna find an audience of people who want that because there are a lot of people out there who want that type of material. That's right. And you could argue, actually, people like the BBC, are they doing enough? If you look at, let's just take one program, Live at the Apollo. How many right of centre comedians have been on there? Yeah, true. It's only Jeff. How many pro-Brexit comedians have been on there? Again, the yeah. majority in this country. Simon Evans, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one Simon, or two. Yeah, one or two. Yeah. And like you say, the majority of people, as we've as was proven in the you know the, the latest election, right leaning. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to find a way, find that middle ground. Find a way to yeah. balance it out. But no, I don't. Like I said, that when people talk about. You know, things like oppression. I'm like, come on, let's behave a bit. <laughs> Especially as you've just explained that. Well, there was that woman in... Oh, I'm so terrible at this. In Af that comedian in Africa. Yeah. I can't remember where about specifically in Africa, but she was dragged out of her bed and fucking beaten and yeah. made to eat made to eat toilet water and and just for, just for making jokes yeah. about the government. Yeah. 
However, one thing that I will say that I do find worrying is this recent trend for people getting prosecuted for telling jokes or criminal investigations like with Joe Brand. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might not know this, a criminal investigation into Joe Brand only got dismissed two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, it was still ongoing two or three weeks ago. Fucking hell. And you think that, that I find that worrying. Yes. We need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, Absolutely. Why is it she was on a panel show, I think it was for Radio 4, a comedy panel show, and you know as well as I do that jokes shouldn't be taken literally. She made a joke about battery acid in the face of something like Nigel Farage or whatever else, you know. Was it a particularly funny joke? No, not really. But we, we've now got to the stage where people think it's acceptable for, for comedians to undergo a criminal investigation. Yeah, it's fucking mad. It's madness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's so Orwellian, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I think we need to talk about. Mm. You know, because it's going to come to the stage. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. That somebody's going to go on stage, they're going to clip something that they say. It's going to go viral on Twitter or whatever it is, and then a criminal investigation is going to be had. I don't think that's too far away. It's already happened to somebody on a Radio Four panel show. Yeah, yeah. And you think the last bastion of free speech and, you know, is the is comedy clubs, live comedy clubs, where yeah. anything goes, you can, long as you, long as it's funny. Yeah. It's, that's the last place you can really say whatever you want to say. And I think yeah. most people get this both on left, right, and in the centre. The problem is, and this goes for both sides of the spectrum, I think what you get now is this emboldened minority of people who feel that they've been given more power and then that means they can complain more, they can kick up a fuss, they can demand that somebody or something be cancelled. Yeah. People are terrified of Twitter. Yeah. And you're like, it's just an app. Yeah. But they're so scared that something bad, or there's going to be this big, this mob's going to come from on Twitter. You go, if you just switch it off. Yeah. No one gives a fuck. Yeah. Just, just, there's only like 15% of the, of... Of the of people on there, it's like of the population on there. Not everybody's on Twitter, yeah, because they see it as a big fucking cesspool of wank, which it is. Yeah, I fucking hate it, but I have to be on there for this, <laughs> not, not like this, but for comedy. And, and sometimes I'll be, I'll be like, I, I, I read stuff, I get all riled up. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Go back to fucking reading your book. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? The, the the best comment I've ever heard about Twitter is I was talking with a comedian. And uh, he was telling me that he was on Twitter and he, he read something, right, and uh, got really rolled up about it. it. Got really, it was just seething. <laughs> just, you know, when you get yeah. that and you're walking yeah. around, you're yeah, like, yeah, fucking, yeah. I'm going to. And he called up his brother and he was like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And his brother went, I'm a doctor in an A&E unit in Side. Why do you think I give a shit? <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. That matters. Pull your fucking head in. Yeah, that matters. Mate, well, we talk about... It, social media comes up on this all the time. It's such an issue. But your uh, trigonometry... Yeah. Is, and that came out of just this fucking... Yeah. Just annoyed about everything. Well, it was more like we just wanted to talk to people, both on left and right, who've got an opinion, mm. and it's it's essentially what it is. It's a long-form podcast where you get to hear people who have an opinion, who've got some background in the field that they're talking about, some level of ep expertise. We don't do what Newsnight does or any of those programs, shout them down, hurl epithets, 
you get to listen to them for an hour, whoever it may be, yeah. whether it's Lord or Donis, who is a Labour peer and is fam- very, very pro-Remain, very pro-Remain, mm. and is a very divisive figure to people who are on, on the side of Brexit and seen as potentially toxic, and you get to hear him mm. explain why he thought uh, leaving the European Union would be a, d- a disaster for this country. And then you get to hear somebody like Peter Hitchens, who is, a, I would say, an old-school conservative, about you know his views about why drug addiction is a fantasy or whatever it may be. And you listen to these people, and then you decide for yourself whether you agree with them or whether you don't, like an adult. Yeah. And that's it. That's a lot. That's it. That's it. It's all so you, it is. Yeah. And you, because you do it with, um, what's it, Constantine? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he keeps getting a little bit of bother, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got called racist in... Um, <laughs> In Edinburgh. Yeah, well, he's Russian. They all are, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They can't help Yeah, it. that's true, actually. <laughs> I was mates with a, with a guy from Lithuania, and yeah. he was. I remember one day talking to him, and he was talking about his son growing up, and he, he was a bit worried that his son was was gay. <laughs> and he was just not having it. He was not having it. And I'm, I'm not saying that's the same with all, everyone from Lithuania or Russia or wherever, but just a couple of people I've known from that area... Yeah have questionable views about <laughs> sexuality. Yeah. I'm not saying it's everybody. No, no, Constantine isn't a racist. He doesn't have questionable views. Actually, his most questionable view, I think, is that he likes basketball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking weird, isn't it? He keeps trying to tell me that basketball's better than football. <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't follow either. I'm more inclined to follow basketball. It's called squeaky shoes, mate. <laughs> Does, why does nobody ever talk about the squeakiness? You can't have a sport which just sounds like you've just let a load of mice onto a field to have a gangbang. That's all you hear. <laughs> it's more exciting than football. Basketball oh. fucking kicks a shit out of football. Really? Yeah, football can fuck off, mate. Right, let's cancel this. <laughs> I'm, I'm triggered. Get cancelled anyway. Yeah, let's get cancelled. But yeah, no, so... Has there been a lot of... Has there been any... Uh, any what do you call it? Um, have you had any shit from the doing the podcast? Have you had yeah, any? I've had shit from doing yeah. the podcast. I've been called uh, a, a far right enabler because really? we've had people on from the right. Um, I get people who follow the podcast on the right who say that I'm a, a leftist cuck. Wow. So you got it from all sides. Yeah, I, I get more <laughs> stick than anyone because I'm actually a lefty. Yeah. And wow. so Constantine's more centre. I'm on the left, mm. and then we, you know, we, we talk about it, and uh, we talk about it on the show. My, my favourite comment was uh, we interviewed this woman who is a uh, gender critical feminist called Posey Parker. Yes, I know Posey. Yeah, yes. and she, other, yeah, yeah, and then she is, you know, she's very critical of the trans movement. We had before her, we had two trans women on, and then we had her yeah. to put the other side of the argument on, and then we talked to her, and someone put on the comment section in YouTube. Who is this fat Jew interviewing her? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Fucking hell. I know. So that's, yeah. So that got me a personal trainer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's I all it takes. Sh- yeah, I went straight down to the gym. <laughs> but that's it, innit? You get that, people go, they forget that what they're saying is abusive and horrible as well. Because yeah. they feel they're on the side of the of, of right. Yeah. Not the right, but right. Like, yeah. well, I'm on the left, so and the left are always right. Yeah. Which yeah. sounds mad saying it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these people go that, you know, like, you know, whatever side you're on, these are my views and these are the correct views. Mm. 
When, yeah. I, when actually, the whole purpose of the podcast is to listen to someone. I much prefer having people from the right on because I don't agree with them and I listen to them and then I go, I never thought about things like that. Exactly. And it, then it strengthens your own argument. Yeah. Because you've, you've listened to what's someone else, someone that doesn't yeah. agree. This this thing where we're all, like I said to you already, you know, like like people online going, oh, yeah, we must do more, be more inclusionary. You go, who are you talking to? Who's yeah. that for? Because whoever is following you on here is probably doing that anyway. Yeah. So you're literally just grandstanding. Like it's, it's fucking virtue signaling again. Yeah. And that, that winds me up more than anything else. Yeah. Fucking virtue signaling. Just do good things. And then someone will see you one day probably doing a good thing. And they'll go, he does good things. That's yeah. good, isn't it? You don't need to stand there and go, with a ball going, all right, I did this yesterday, <laughs> I did that yesterday. I've got a carry bag for the tampons. <laughs> that would actually make for a very funny video. <laughs> <laughs> just do those things. Yeah, just- don't tell everybody that you're doing it. Just do it. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This show is made by Dark Horse Digital. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. I did, um, there's a really interesting festival in, um, it goes, it's held at the Barbican every year. It's called the Battle of Ideas. And they get people from right and left to discuss topics, whether it's white privilege, education, all these things. And I was talking to these students, they were like, oh, and I said, look, going on social media and tweeting about race and whatever it is, it's pointless. Mm. And they were like, oh, yeah, so what do you suggest we do? I say, you know, the best thing you can do, how many people here want to change the world or society for the better, right? And they're all really engaged kids, lovely kids, mm. put up their hands, go, if you've got a spare 20 minutes in the day, register at your local primary school, go in on the lunchtime, sit and read with a kid for 15 minutes. Yeah, right. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And that will do more good than any tweeting, any sharing on face- on Facebook, screaming about how racism is wrong, all the rest of it. Because what you will do, right, our schools are, over- are overstretched, they're underfunded through austerity, through all the rest of it. Teachers are struggling to get by. You've got 30 kids in a class, especially at primary level, of varying abilities. 
and lots of kids, as a result of it, slip through the cracks in the net, especially working class kids who may only have one parent at home and because their mum or dad's trying to make ends meet, they're working 14 hours a day, they're spending all the time on the tablet or the iPad and they're starved a little bit as well of human contact. Mm. Go in, sit down with a kid, read with them for 15, 20 minutes, you'll already make far more good, far more, you'd already do far more than going on Facebook or Twitter, all this bollocks. Yeah. I see it actually do things. Do, 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 yeah. If you do that, and I guarantee, and here's the thing, on a selfish level, you get four times a dopamine hit if you do something for someone else than if you do something for yourself. Really? It's why selfish people are miserable. <laughs> yeah. Selfish people, the most selfish people are always the most miserable people in the world. Yeah. But if you do something for someone else, you go, ah. That buzz is something else. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing it. This is, I'm not bragging. I was just I was in Australia and I, I had a, I was doing a solo show and nobody came. Yeah. No one showed up. Yeah. No tickets sold. I was <laughs> gutted. Yeah. I'm like, on the other side of the fucking world. Yeah. No one knows who I am and no one came. I'm like, fucking hell. So I'm walking up the road and then this guy was sat and I could just see he was just fucked. He was just he wasn't even asking for money. He was just sort of sat and he had he had a hat in front of him, but he was just sort of just slumped. Just, I don't even think he was pissed. He was just. He was a comedian, just, mate. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, someone else out there didn't sell the tickets. <laughs> Comedy's a hard game. <laughs> but I just went, I went, are you all right, mate? And he just went, guys, I'm just really hungry. I'm all right, come here, let's go and get, let's get something. And we went and got him something and we just, I just sat with him, had a cup of tea. And then I give him, I give him some, I had like some change in my pocket, and went, yeah, mate. And then, and I walked away and I just thought, fucking hell, that was, and I, I was buzzing. Yeah. It's fucking buzzing. But it, and I'm not showing off by saying that now, what a legend I am. Just that even though I was fucked off, I'm like, fucking hell, this, this, I've just not sold any tickets. This guy's got nothing. Yeah. And he just, it just it doesn't hurt, does it, just to do something. And you, you know? feel better yeah. about yourself because it puts your problems in perspective. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we're all wound up and we all go around in our own little world and comedy's awful for this. And it goes back to social media. You go on social, you're going, oh, they're doing really well. Oh, look what they're doing. We're doing, he's a cunt. Look how well he's doing. <laughs> Fuck him. Why is he getting all that? I hope he gets snow blindness and skis off a cliff. Do you know <laughs> Mate, I was just there for four days. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, is that no reason when it come in? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't go on skiing. Yeah. But but all these different things. And then you go and, if you go and actually help someone who's actually having a rougher time of it than you are, number one, it puts your own life in perspective. And number two, like I said, you feel a lot better about yeah, yourself. True. You feel a hell of a yeah, lot better about very yourself. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I do that's why I love doing comedy. Yeah. When, you, when people walk away and go, oh, mate, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That was great. And you yeah. go, yeah, that's what I'm here for. That's what yeah. I'm, here. I'm not here to change the world. That's why, I, you know, he's, these comedians getting behind things and causes and things like that. And you go, you're just working an angle. Yeah. What are you doing? Exactly. Just be a comedian and then do these other things if you want to do them. Yeah. But don't use them if, for you to like push yourself up the fame ladder. Of course. That's what fucks me off. Absolutely, and it's you know if you if you believe passion in something, great, go for it. But it, it's so disingenuous when you can tell people who are just like you say, yeah. putting forward a cause, and you're like, right, okay, so you're doing this for publicity. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay, I get you. I get what yeah. you're doing. Oh mate, there's been a couple of times lately. People, pe comedians have been involved in something that's been in, in the news, and 
and then they get a little bit of they get a bit of attention because they were around and about the place or they were nearby or whatever and, or involved or whatever it was and you can just see the workings you're like I'm like if that becomes your Edinburgh show yeah. I'll be fucking livid and it's, not, <laughs> it's none of my business that's yeah. what I was saying in my head I'm like don't yeah. mate don't because that's what comedians do yeah we get like someone like a relative would be ill yeah and we go, Get in. Fucking yes, yes, mate. What's that? Martin Neurone disease calls up the agent. Has anyone done any shows on Martin Neurone? No, no, brilliant. Result, I mean. Res- result. <laughs> go and see your relative. Could you die around about July time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, I need a 40 minute mark. Yeah, smile for the camera and we can stick it up at the 40 minute mark so everyone's in tears. It's terrible, isn't it? Comedians, yeah. man. We should all be shot in a fucking Oh, head. mate, we're glorified sociopaths. <laughs> Oh, we are. But what made you become a teacher? What was all that? What was the thing behind that? What was the thing behind that? Oh, well, here we go. I, I wanted to be an actor, you know, okay. and I failed, so I became a drama teacher. <laughs> it's a good, per- yeah, yeah, that's a much trodden route. And uh, so, I, so I became a teacher and I did it for, I was a secondary school teacher for six years and a primary school teacher for six years. And, you know, best of times, worst of times. Because right. when you, as a teacher, you, you, there's very few jobs in the world where you can legitimately say you make a difference. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people do, of course, but very few jobs, but teaching still is. And you meet a lot of people doing that job who are legitimate heroes. Mm. And they make a real difference to some of the poorest kids. The kids have got it the worst. Mm. You know what's really funny about those types of t- kids? Of, of teachers and why I laugh when I see uh, comedians virtue signalling is those teachers they're so funny because you know there's a lot of them are real role models when they get into the staff and they're like I tell you what if Gary Turner looks at me like one more time like that I'm going to put him through the fucking window <laughs> <laughs> that's what the staff room's all about yeah, that is. safe space it is that safe space of going right he, why hasn't someone choke slammed him <laughs> <laughs> but then you go out and then you know, you go and you help people. It's you know, and it's all the rest of it. But I, I do think that when you look at p- people like teachers, they're the ones who make a real difference. Mm. You know, nurses. All I know it's a trite thing to say, but comedians who go, yeah, 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 I, I make a difference with my activism. I'll oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, go and do a night shift at an A and E. Yes. In like in Croydon. Yeah, or yeah. better still, tell us a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I yeah, I, that's what annoys me about. I get really fucked off with this industry sometimes. Yeah. Just because of that. Yeah. Everyone trying to work an angle. Come on, man. Yeah. Fucking stop it. But I did I was a teacher's assistant uh for a bit when I was at college. So I was doing um community care, city and yeah. guilds. So a part of it, they send you off to like old people's yeah. homes and things like that. And I remember I hated it. Yeah. I, and I was just the assistant. Yeah, oh, yeah. No disrespect to, they were lovely, it was a lovely school, lovely kids. Although one of them, his name was Gary. If I just, thinking back, they're about 30 years old, these kids now. Yeah, they, were, yeah. they were nine back then. Yeah. I went to sit down on a chair and he put a pencil on the, like that, out, up, facing up. And, it, and I fucking sat on it right on oh. my I had to go to the, uh, the hospital to get an injection <laughs> to get this bit of lead out of my asshole. <laughs> Have you but, ever talked about that? No, I just remembered it. His <laughs> name was Gary. I can't remember his name. It'd be 30 odd now. They'd all be in there. Th- this was in 1991, 1990, 90, yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah. Fucking hell. They're nearly 40. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> These were nine year olds. Yeah. Fuck. I bet he tells that story there. 
I don't know. I don't know. I bet, he, I bet he tells a story in the prison canteen. Bless him, though. I tell you, because the next day, because I was a bit, I, yeah. I sometimes I never used to even turn up. Yeah. I just wouldn't. I'd be pissing the night before. Yeah. I was a teenager myself, so I was getting on it and I just, oh, I'm not going to school. So I did that. I got sent home after that and I got, went to the hospital and got me bum checked out. And then I went, got pissed that night and then I had the next day off. I just went, oh, fuck it, I'm not going in. The day after, I went in and I saw Gary and he was all pale. Mm. He really thought he'd done some damage. Yeah. Bless him. And I just couldn't be bothered to go in. <laughs> so that poor little fucker's probably scarred. No, but you know what? That taught him the best <laughs> lesson he's ever had. You reckon? Of course, consequences to your actions. Yeah. You know, that yeah, yeah. if you do something, there are consequences. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I suppose so. And kids never realise that. Well, they, a lot of it is actually biological, especially when they're nine and ten. A kid that age doesn't understand that there's consequences. Mm. So you see a lot of the time, like, teachers giving a kid a bollocking going, what were you thinking? Did you not think this X, Y and Z would happen? And the reality is that they can't they can't visualise. No. So, but he, he did that, saw that it hurt you, mm. and then realised, shit... That's what happens when you do things. Yeah, yeah so that's you know, a real life lesson for him. Yeah, yeah. I, re- I nearly went through the roof. Yeah, you <laughs> smashed in your arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it was a freshly sharper one as yeah. well. It really went. <laughs> Fucking hell. I remember that same school, they had a fate and uh, and they were... <laughs> It was, uh, they were, it, it was a, it was a, it was a Derek Wood school in in near Bromley in Farnborough, and uh, and uh, it's they're lovely, lovely. They were lovely, yeah. lovely kids, brilliant teachers. It was just I was too young. I didn't give yeah. a fuck. I was an arsehole. Yeah. And they were doing a fate, and they said, "Oh, we need someone to come dressed as a bear." We and I went, "I'll do it." So I spent this Saturday dressed as a bear, <laughs> and these little fuckers just chasing me around all day, <laughs> kicking me, trying to take my head off. <laughs> It's rich, it's rich. I'm like, will you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> no difference to a Saturday night then, really, is it? <laughs> You're out. Mate, but that's... um, I can't believe it. I've just realised, yeah, they've been nearly 40 years old, those yeah, kids now. Yeah, of course. My God. Oh, mate, I'm like, I'm 37, and sometimes I, I saw this kid who I, ta- who I taught. I was, you know, he's massive. He's like 18, he's six foot one. Yeah. He's built, <laughs> all right, sir? You're like, what? It's, it's really weird and surreal, and you just... Time just flies, doesn't it, it? It flies, but you know the interesting thing is when you see him, you still see the kid in them. That's true, yeah. And you still see the kernel of who they, oh, who yeah, they are, because yeah. our personalities, they get moulded over time. But yeah. you still remain. It is funny when you do see. I mean, mine are, most of mine are probably dead now. But when you do see one of your old teachers, they might not even remember who you are. But yeah. You, you straight away you're sent back to. Of course. Who you, when you see him, you're like, oh, sir. Yeah. Like, Fuck, you know, I'm still doing that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And matter, automatically you see them, you get a bit nervous. Yeah. You get, and you you still find that side of you that wants to impress them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had Mr. Probin, and we didn't know his, we didn't realise his name was Probin until we left school. Yeah, we're like, ah, oh, fucking Probin, what a yeah. name! And when no one, no one rinsed him. Yeah, and uh, he was a, he's a Scouse guy, brilliant, brilliant guy. And he he came to when well, I used to run a comedy club in Maidstone, and he came along yeah. with the French teacher, Miss Machusi, That he was, we were all like, they're having an affair, they're yeah. having an affair. And he ended up marrying her and all that. And um. And when he came down, I was like, I was just like, I felt like a little kid again. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do. Especially as he was one of the nice ones. It was yeah. him. Because he said that my poetry was like Roger McGough. Oh, oh like, wow. What a compliment. Come on, man. And then, and then uh, there was Miss Stevens, 
who was who was in the I was in the third year in secondary she's school. She's a fit one. She was lovely. No, what it wasn't like. There was ones that were like classically, yeah. You know, they were blonde, and it was the eighties, and yeah. so all the all the guys fancy, all the boys fancied her. But I really liked Miss Stevens because she gave a fuck. Yeah, she really gave a shit about me and yeah. really pushed me, and it and that stayed with me till now. Yeah, cool. Lovely. So you do you do make a difference. Yeah, they yeah. do. I mean, I didn't, but some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I made that, but Mr. Foster. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, by the end, I was. You discover it's sort of teaching. It's like comedy. You discover your persona, right? As a teacher. Oh, really? Yeah. So you like having a gig when you oh, walk yeah. in and you hit a groove and you and you yeah. teach the fuck out of the class. Yeah. And then you find what works for you, whether yeah. it's a mumsy thing like she had and the nurturing, yeah. or you you had this sort of like I had. I was a bit more of a disciplinarian. Yeah. Right, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Were you firm? Firm yeah. but fair. Firm but fair. It's the only way to be. <laughs> It's the only way to be. But you can still have a, like, sometimes, it was funny is when, like, uh, I, I had this moment once where I was teaching and I, I was, there was this kid, kid, I can't remember his name, Alex, that was it, Alex. And he was just saying he's been so annoying. And I was at the front of the class and I muttered under my breath, why are you such a dick, right? <laughs> but I said it out loud. And I thought, oh, my God. No. And then there was this girl in the front row and she just looked at me and he, she looked at me in the eyes and went, because he just is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. It's when you have those moments of connection. Yeah. Makes that, it worthwhile. Yeah, that's what makes it worthwhile. And that's in a... Ma- and going back to social media, that's why I hate it so much. It's because it creates a lie. Because they say that social media is about connection. It's the opposite. Yeah, though. yeah. This is connection. Yeah, actual out loud. Yeah. Like this, acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not, that, yeah. yeah, that's where you connect with people, yeah. where you talk with them, where you listen to them. We need to just have these, we need to have these, these, this, we need to meet up yeah. with each other. Yeah. And instead of shouting at each other, because you do, you come away from your phone and you're angry. Yeah. You just feel, and you're like, why? I'm all ramped up now. Yeah. Yeah, we need to have more, more of these. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's it. <laughs> because then you realise that what is important about someone isn't their opinions, or it's about them, mm. you know? And it's like, you know, when people go back and they almost boast about, oh, my nan was there over Christmas and she voted Brexit and I had a go at her and blah, blah. Yeah. And you go, mate, your nan's probably 82 years old. She's a fragile, scared old woman, right? Yeah. And she's got these views. And you know what? You don't agree with her and they may not be correct, but you know what would be the more human thing? Treat her like a human being. Be nice to her. Yeah. Because she was one of the reasons probably why you turned out the way you are. Yeah, true. And she looked after you. Yeah. And you know what? People might get the wrong idea and they might, you know, think that you're this or that, but... Ultimately, it doesn't matter because as long as the people who love you, who you know you, think a certain way, and that's all that matters. That's true, man. Because you're not going to give a shit after, you know, you know, when you're in your deathbed, you're not going to think, oh, that bloke who I did a gig with <laughs> once at Jonglers Bristol or whatever it was, or that bloke who I once worked with said this. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, does it? End of the day, none of it yeah. matters. It's Fuck. About, it's just about connecting. Yeah, and try and enjoy the moment. Try yeah. and enjoy this because it's... As far as we're aware, this is it. This is all you've got. Yeah. This is all you've got, yeah. really, because we don't know what happens after this moment. No. All you've got is this, and then if you can enjoy this as much as you can, then you go for each moment. And I'm, I'm not, but I don't practice what I preach. As long as you go for each moment and you think to yourself, well, 
I try and each work, enjoy each moment as best I can. And yeah, that's all right, yeah. man. And it, yeah, and I urge everyone, anyone listening, just have a look around. Yeah. It's fucking mad that we're here, but it's magical. It is magical. Yeah. You're lucky to be here. And, you know, and we all get wrapped up with this shit that we think is important, you know, whether it's, you know, how much someone's doing or, you know, and then you go on Facebook and you, 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 you get wound up. And the reality, how many times have you been with your girlfriend or your mates and you've been on the phone, you've been like, oh, mm. and you're like, they're your mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate. yeah. These moments are finite. Yeah. They're finite with your friends. You're lucky to have friends. Friendship is one of the most beautiful things. In many ways, you know, I think that's the reason why we've got an explosion in mental, uh, you know, yeah. you know, a problem with mental illness in this country and so many people saying they're depressed, they're anxious, whatever else. It's because we don't connect. That's true. And yeah. if just even having this conversation, you and I, yeah. is cathartic. Absolutely, yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, I had a moment the other day because I had, a, I had a, just this real shit. Jade and I had this massive Barney, like yeah. real catastrophic fucking Barney. And I'm out and I'm, I was just stood. I, was in, I went to the pub and I'm just stood there and I'm going through my phone and I'm like, I don't know who to talk to. I need to yeah. talk to someone. I don't want to burden anyone with it. What the fuck am I going to do? And then my mate turned up and he went, are you all right? And I went, oh, look, this has happened and I feel really bad. And after like 10 minutes, like I just I went, oh, I feel better. Yeah. Just by telling him, look, this happened. I'm not perfect. This is, I, it really kicked off and I've done, it's been horrible and blah, 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 blah. And he, he was like, and I just, for fun, went, oh yeah, just, just reach out. Yeah. There will be someone. Yeah. And it's also as well, and I, I think, you know, I'm, as comedians, you know, but I think a lot of people now, we get told more and more how important it is your career, your career defines you, your success defines you. You know, again, tying to social media, or, you know, you've you've got to look to be doing really, really well. But yeah. I remember, like, I got so wrapped up with my career and, and I called my mate who I haven't spoken to. We grew up, we spent a lot of time together in Venezuela and he had to leave and he's in Birmingham and I was, he's in Alabama, actually. And I was talking to him on the phone and was like, how's your sister? And he goes, mate, you didn't hear, she, she got cancer. This is a girl I grew up with. Fuck. I treated as a sister because I was always so wrapped up in my own shit. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even look didn't around. Even didn't even look around, because I was always, oh, you know, this Santo's got that gig, or this is happening, or how do I get better? And yeah. And you, you don't take stock to look around and think the people that I love and the people mean a lot to me. Yeah. I don't. I haven't been looking out for them. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we're all guilty of that. Yeah, and then she's fine now, thank God, but the, I was so close to her mm. and she was really ill. Yeah. And yeah, at one yeah. point it looked like it was touch and go. Shit, man. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't busy. even know. Too busy. Okay, no. Yeah. I've found that. I've found, I've said this before, I said this on previous episodes where I've gone, if someone, if you arrange to meet up with someone, go. Yeah. Go through with it. Go and meet them. It's so easy to go, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, and we take a weird yeah. pride in it as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go out or I don't want to see people. I don't. Yeah. And then you wonder why you're fucking miserable. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes with this, I go, oh, fuck, I can't be bothered. But then I do it and I'm like, I fucking love it. 
I love yeah. it. What am I doing? Get out your own fucking head, you dickhead. Yeah, guys. This is fucking. I love doing this, and I love the, I love you coming in. Oh, thank you, and I've loved being right. here, mate. Where it's can been... we find Trigonometry? Uh, it's at Triggerpod. It's on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the rest of it at Triggerpod. If you want to follow me, I'm at Failing Human. So give me a oh, follow. Yeah, on. That's yeah. It. yeah, it makes me laugh every time I see it. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. This has been an absolute pleasure, Francis. Well, I've really enjoyed it, mate. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Insane in the membrane. I'm Amy. I'm Louise. Join us for your next episode. And today, uh, personally, I'm completely overexcited to be in the home of Arabella Weir. My mother, on her deathbed, literally goes, have you any idea how fattening mayonnaise is? <laughs> God. And I went, Mum, you're dying. And she went, yes, but you're eating mayonnaise. <laughs> and I went, well, we both know which you think is worse. We're at the news building, home of the Times and the Sunday Times, to interview Lorraine Candy. She just looked at me, my eldest, and said, what would you know about fashion? Oh, oh my God. It's literally, literally my job. For the last 30 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Join us for your next episode. By your favourite podcast app. Thank you along. for contributing to the conversation as well, because oh, yeah. your podcast is, is great, and it's I listen to it on Thank the way you. to work. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.